Okay. Well, hello, everybody. It's a podcast. Uh, I'm Matt Marr here in my living room. My neighbor is cleaning, so I hope you don't hear it later. She's like going all out. And I'm here with the beautiful, the wonderful, my fellow, Oki Shampolovsky. Oh, thank you, Matt Marr. You're it's such welcome. a pleasure to be here. I said it right. Polovsky, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait, uh, but now just, it, just, is it just hyphenated? Say Sean Jew. It's, 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 <laughs> it's a terrible last name. It's worse now because I got married, and so my hyphenated name is Polovsky Oliveira. So my full name is Sean Polovsky Oliveira, and I sound like a bullfighter. So I'm just saying, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Bullfighter. <laughs> now, so we met each other. You're stand-up comedy. I'm really funny. You're like, I think like, maybe you don't say this, but I feel like you're like upper echelon stand-up comedian. Like, I mean, you put in, you've been through the fucking trenches. Did you drop ecstasy before I got here? Because I think, uh, I think you're hallucinating no. this idea. I have been through the trenches. I'm still going through them, unfortunately. Does it ever end? Does it ever end? Uh, but yeah, I've been working a long time. I've been long doing comedy for over years and it's... <laughs> Where do you start? Where did I start? Gosh, um, well, I I started probably about 16, 17 years ago. Oh, wow. um, When I was five. And uh, no, that's (laughs) no. Uh, When you're in your mother's womb. When I was eight. So (laughs) I I took Judy Carter's stand-up class. Oh, okay. That's what I did. Yeah. Not that class, but another one. And uh, she had a little showcase after and... Then I took it again, and then I called myself a stand-up comedian, and I did stand-up comedy, I think, once a year for about two years after that. Really? Because I was really super involved in uh, sketch comedy. I was uh, Ah. a a member of Acme Comedy Theater, and that really was my groove. I kind of had done stand-up just to do something, to try something else, but when you know I got tired of doing the sketch comedy... I I was like, oh, I need a more of a showcase for myself. And so I started doing stand-up again, and pretty quickly it just uh, – my career escalated. That's awesome. That's So it was in L.A. Okay, because some people, you know, I just had a guest uh, who said it started in Dallas or whatever, so I thought it was just um, – Yeah, well, I don't know. Could we have really started comedy in um, Oklahoma? I know. And you – yeah, so you lived in Oklahoma City, right? Yeah, 17 uh, years. In Oklahoma City or like Edmond or no, Yukon? in Oklahoma City. Where in, where in Oklahoma City? Uh, we lived off of uh, Hefner Road. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, – uh, right near Putnam. Well, I went to school Putnam City North. Where'd oh, you okay. Go to school. I went to. School, I'm from Ardmore, so well, actually Lone oh, Grove, right. which is like five miles. So, and I've been to Ardmore, by so, the way, because we would play Ardmore in in yeah sports. I was from a smaller town, like five miles west, called Lone Grove, like four thousand people. Lone Grove Longhorns. So I, I did not the, remember Lone Grove. I was the mascot. See that picture right there? That's me being held by cheerleaders in a freaking cow costume. What's a Longhorn? But it looks like a cow. God, of course, Bruno. you were the mascot, but were you just secretly wanting to be one of the, the female no, cheerleaders? I actually, so just like, can I just try that on? No, because I was a musical theater queen, so I never wanted to hurt my voice. Like, she, like the direct tried to get me to. She didn't want to wear the outfits? That's what I'm saying. Um, no, I never wanted to wear those and outfits. And the pom poms and be like, hey, get, girls. No, they didn't get to wear heels. Now, if it would have been like heels, I, <laughs> I wanted like, I'd seen too many like old Angela Lansbury movies. Like, I wanted like a dress with sequins and heels that's what i thought yeah would be fun to, so that's what the cheerleaders wore i would have but um but no so yeah i grew up there um i feel like i i totally i, I don't know if we've ever talked about this but because i i literally was just talking about this with a fellow oklahoman because they gay? 
Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, about being a, a, a I had an partner. inkling. <laughs> I had an inkling. But they were, they were talking about how um, she moved to Dallas, and she was talking about how she – it was the first time she had a Jewish friend, and she went back to Oklahoma, and someone – like, they, like, bought a car or something. She like, was so, like – she was so scared of, of one Jewish person well, she met. She was like, I got to go back to Oklahoma where there's none. No, I mean, she lives in Dallas oh, now. Oh, okay. And I thought she said she oh, met yeah, a Jewish she friend, and then she's like, like you're terrible. You know? <laughs> I'm going to move back to Oklahoma where there are no more Jews. No, but there are hardly – I knew none until I went to college. But she told the same story I did that I went to college. Like one of my friends, my still a good friend, her name was Rebecca Moses, and she was studying to be a cantor. Uh-huh. So she's called Cantor Moses. She's like, you can't get more fucking well, Jewish what, than what that. What else are you going to do if <laughs> your last name's Moses? <laughs> Nothing. And in your first name, Shlomo. I mean, you have no choice to be Rabbi Moses or Rabbi Shlomo. <laughs> yeah, so she's a wonderful cantor. She lives in Kansas, I think. And, um, but anyway, she, uh, I came back home, and one of my good friends, who's like not like a closed-minded person, like just got a car. He was like, oh, yeah, I told you the guy down. I was like, do you know what that means? Oh, God. And he went. What do you mean? And I told him, I said, you know, that's about Jewish people. And he looked at me and went, that's fucked up. So like the backwardness, I think, is like people don't even know what they're saying. Yeah. So like I can't imagine for you, like I don't, I don't – was it worse well, to grow up gay or Jewish in Oklahoma? But especially in Oklahoma, we didn't know what we were saying. I remember – this is a terrible story, but it's so true. <laughs> I bring those out of people. When, 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 when – uh, I was staying one night over my best friend's house. My best friend was Jewish. She went to the rival high school. And we were the confirmation class of Emanuel Synagogue, you know? <laughs> and for, yeah, for our grade. And we were very, very close. And she had an African American friend, um, April Powell. And she invited her over and me to spend the night at her house. And so, you know, we were trying to get into trouble and we're like, let's go teeping. He, you know, we're yeah. just doing stupid teenager stuff. And literally, it's just because I didn't know any better. I was in like junior high and I was like, oh, this is where I learned real fast. I said, well, let's go. Um, and I said the full word. I said, let's go um, N-word knocking. That's what we used to uh-huh. call it when that's we were That's what they kid. called it in Oklahoma. And that's, I didn't know. And then that's what – explain to people what that is that don't know, that aren't racist. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, a black person knocking, <laughs> I mean, but not so nice. And you just, you just not, We just used to – you would knock on the door and run away, right? Right, right. And there's other names for it, but that's, that's what, what we, call. we called it in Oklahoma. So. Yeah. I said, oh, let's go, you know, and, and boy, did you, you could have heard a pin drop. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised I'm still living because April Powell was like, you said what? <laughs> let's go what knocking? And I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, and then I got red. But you don't realize what you're saying. Yeah, I got read the riot act. You know, later she found me on ma- on Facebook and I didn't even want to say like, do you remember the time when I, I said this in front of you like an a-hole? That's amazing. <laughs> was it hard though growing up Jewish in Oklahoma? Were you picked on it? I mean, I was teased for growing up Catholic, so I can't. In, but that was in a smaller town than you. You were in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I, I think um, it wasn't tough. I was I was weirdly proud of my Judaism, like super weirdly proud. Oh, that's awesome! And so I would always stand up in front of all my classes since I was in grade school to to junior high. I would stand up in front of my classes with a menorah on Hanukkah. I'd bring out the dreidel and be like, let's let's spin the dreidel and see how many M&Ms you can win. <laughs> and I would talk about Passover. And everyone knew I was the Jewish kid in school. I, the only time I remember um, 
there were like maybe two incidences. One grade school, uh, a friend of mine who swears by like up and down that uh, she never said this, but you don't forget something like this. We were on the playground and she asked, um, where were the horns on my head? Oh my God. So, and I think when I, I think I hit her and then I got in trouble. And then I remember another time in sixth grade, we uh, were, uh, my friend's parents were picking us up to take us to Hebrew school because like the 10 Jews went to Hebrew school at the same synagogue. And, um, and we all were sent home with the little mini uh, versions of the New Testament. And, oh, my God, my parents, like, flipped a table when we got home. I mean, some Teresa Judai shit, man. They flipped. And, like, the 10 Jewish parents got together. And, like, and they they had to rally. They had to help had change to, like, the yeah. whole prayer in school. You know, even, like, when I graduated, they wanted to use, you know, Jesus' name. But they, 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 oh, they were always trying. And when they had this big student council, like, uh, camp weekend that everyone went to in the school, especially if you were popular, mm-hmm. the guy who was in charge, the teacher, he always put it on like Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah. He always put it on a high holiday. And, you know, and he was a big old queen. T.C. Hardesty. I'll say it and I'll say it again. <laughs> oh, she, my T.C. Hardesty. The only thing gayer than T.C. Hardesty would be Liberace figure skating, sucking cock. This guy <laughs> was in pink sweaters. <laughs> Every day. He was practically <laughs> fucking floating. He was so gay. And the whole school knew it, and he denied it. And he acted like he was this hetero, and that he hated me. He just, because I, I I don't understand how he didn't love me right away, because I was open in sixth grade. I was like, well, it, it should be known. Gays fucking love you. Well, I love gay men, but this is truly the one gay man that really fought the fight with me because I could see through him and I mm. was okay with it, but he wasn't okay with me being okay with it. Oh yeah. And every time yeah. he would see me, he was such a bitch to me. And then he'd be like, how's your father? Like my dad was a good looking guy. He was a, a re- well renowned neurosurgeon and he would come in with what people would say is a purse, but it was his little Louis Vuitton medical bag. Oh. And it was this time that he's like, where's your father? Is he coming with his purse? Like, you know, and it was like, you're not really selling me on your heterosexual yeah. card right now. <laughs> How's your dad? Put some more glitter in that list. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was just, he was, I heard he's out now, but it was like, boy, he could not take it. There's, he's taking it now. He sure is. <laughs> he's taking he's it definitely not giving it. He was the bottom <laughs> through and through. I love that. He's so gay. He was floating. <laughs> Oh, that's such a great description. I know several people, probably sometimes me. Let's be I honest. I don't know. You, you, you're like the rock next to him. <laughs> this guy was so gay. That is, do you hear There's that? There's a whole part of me that just rock. wants to fight him on Facebook and go, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Remember me? He probably would love your comedy show now. Probably. I think he'd probably take back being mean to me because, yeah. of course, because, you know, I love the LGBTQ. ZF whatever community and you do. and and I embrace it, but he yeah he definitely was struggling at that time. He, yeah, he was a big. You are a huge ally. Was there a moment where being an ally to the queer community was was like you made a choice to do that, or was it just natural for you? Well, I think it was pretty natural because in sixth grade I dated the first uh, gay guy in Oklahoma that came out. <laughs> I think uh, Heath Riddles, who was just the cutest guy, everybody loved him. Every girl loved him. 
And I dated him first because I was like, I need to get near this and see what's going on. <laughs> you knew. And, and, and I kind of knew through high school. And when he came out in college, um, you know, I think people, it still was like in the 90s and people were just terrible about yeah. it from my high school. Everyone was just, was just shitty and said shitty things. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, he's a human being and he dresses well and he's smart and he was popular and likable and what that what's the problem i never i never could understand uh the the you know the prejudice yeah especially against gay men i mean gay men were always in my house growing up we had a i had a gay hairdresser uh we had you know a gay interior designer for our house and my favorite uh gay man was uh this gayian at the Chinese restaurant, because, you know, the Jews had to have some place to go on Sunday night, and especially <laughs> and Christmas. during Christmas, right? Yeah, Christmas is a big deal. And we would go to Hunan's every Sunday, and we'd load up the fucking Mercedes station wagon or the <laughs> Buick station wagon, whichever one we had, and we would go to Hunan's, and again, oh, Sean came floating out. I mean, he was like, you know, the, have you ever seen the queen, um, what is his name, Kevin on um, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Lisa Vanderpumps. Ooh, he's super gay. And this gayian there, will come out. There's and- something about a gayian. This probably <laughs> says like some type of reverse racist. But I feel like when Asian men, they are they can be gayer, fiercer than anyone else. They can. I mean that actually in a kind Latins of awesome can, way. can do it too, I think. You know, when you meet a super gay Latin gay, guy, it's like, whew. I just think there's something. I don't know. There's just something about like. Yeah. There is something about just their culture. I guess maybe they have to break through more. So when they break through more, they're like, yeah. fuck it. Yeah, I think that the gayest population has to be in like the Philippines. Oh, you yeah. Know? They're the most beautiful drag queens ever. Yeah, and it's it's like every other man there is gay, I feel like. There's a lot, I feel like. But Sean, he would come out every Sunday. And again, first person he'd be aligned was for my father. <laughs> And he'd be like, hello, Dr. Pulaski. How are you, Dr. Pulaski? Oh, so good to see you, Dr. Pulaski. Oh, your family. But more about you, Dr. Pulaski. <laughs> your mom's just sitting there. Yeah, we all were just like, oh, man. And <laughs> I just was fascinated by him. I mean, I was just like, who is this man? And he's, he's so interesting. And so for me, it just, I found it to be more interesting people than thinking about, you know, uh, 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 looking at that, looking at the other side of, yeah. of prejudice. Yeah, exactly. Now, did you, so you moved from Oklahoma, did you move from Oklahoma to LA? Or yeah, did you, oh, I went okay, straight okay. from um, high school and then I attended uh, college at USC. So oh, my sister okay. was going there at the same time as I was. Where'd you go, to, what'd you study? Uh, theater, it was very productive. As you can see, it really worked <laughs> out for me. It's really worked out. Lots of TV and film. I just can't stop. Thanks, USC. <laughs> Thanks you. Oh, it was like ninety thousand dollars later. <laughs> it's so expensive. In nineteen eighty two. So like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Were your parents fine with you being an actress? Were they okay with you? Yeah, my theater? family. Well, I acted since I was uh, in second grade when I played the Wicked Witch of the West, and of course, again, this makes me I think a gayer man than most people. I was like, I want to be in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> school play and I played the Wicked Witch of the West and I bet uh, you were fantastic well I thought I was pretty damn good but then I melted before Dorothy threw the water on me <laughs> and I was a little anxious I gotta say you know I could have worked on those skills but the audience laughed and I liked the sound of it and that's kind of what turned me in 
into being a funny performer. Oh. And I started doing characters and watching Saturday Night Live. And that was kind of my dream to do something like that. That dream's been murdered and killed. <laughs> but um, I, I, that's what you I You haven't heard to about do. how nice Lauren Michaels is to yeah, everyone? Yeah, well, I, I hear um, <laughs> uh, apparently I'm 78 and too old to, do, to go out for Saturday. And they're like, you have to be 22. Um, I'm like, what? But um, so I, 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 I always acted in school plays and I was in drama, comedy, you know, humorous duet competitions and talent shows. And oh, yes. it was always I did, funny. I did HDs and yeah. my brother and I did an HD and all that kind of stuff. And the yeah. competitions. It was That's fun. Funny. Those were very nerve wracking. But I always was the character, the funny, the, the impressionist. Nice. 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 Yeah. I mean, my, my teacher, Coach Kurtz, to this day is like still probably one of the most influential people in my life. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, I called her the day I got into SAG because I knew that she was like the one person from kind of my family. And like my parents are like, oh, that's really cool. And she was like, oh, I get She's like, I get it. I get what that's like something you work into and yeah. stuff like that. So It's hard. Sex, it's hard to get into SAG. <laughs> no, I now can't get anything else because it's all freaking non-union. It's, it's hard. It's a, it's a thing. It's a, it's a very big thing. But, um, all right, well, let's, let's get into some questions. Well, I've got answers. We've got answers. <laughs> okay. So the first question is, um, speaking of prejudice, actually, uh, this is from Colleen, age 31. Dear Maddie, I'm a white girl and I've fallen in love with a black man. Me too, Colleen. Every day. <laughs> size queen. <laughs> it's true. Size Go queen. ahead. Uh, okay. We've been together for nine months and my father says he doesn't want to meet him. I know it's because he's black, but my dad won't admit it. I really love this guy and I think he might be the one, but I don't want to shut out my father. My mom thinks he's being ridiculous, but she won't say anything to him. Could he really change or should I just give up on him? This is from Colleen, 31. Well, Colleen, it is because he's black. You know, it is, yeah. I, I'm going to have to say because you're, your parents grew up in a different generation. Yeah. And if they're old school, anything like, let's say, my grandma Bertha and grandma Your grandma's Matt's, name is Bertha? Well, she was. That's may she in- may she rest. Oh. Did you have, do you have no, a Bertha? My, I have an inner fat girl and her name is Bertha because <laughs> I named, so she wants food. You don't have anything fat in you. You're gay. <laughs> it's true. Please. Please. You haven't had a carb since 1962. Like, I know. I'm doing like my Shanti 25 in the middle. I know. I see. I looked around your place. <laughs> So anyway, your grand, your grandma Bertha, I love that name. My though. grandma Bertha, my grandpa Max, you know, they old school grew up in Brooklyn. They were mugged like five times. And everybody they were mugged by was African American. So when I used to go when I was in nine years old, I'd fly every summer to New York to go visit my grandparents in you know, Ocean Parkway and we'd go to see musicals in New York City and it was just like my dream to mm-hmm. do stuff like that. You know, my, my grandma was always holding her purse tight, you know, kind of like Ma from the Golden Girls. And mm-hmm. she was always very nervous and this and that. And she said things. And I'd be like, Grandma, what's your problem? You know, and I understand it came from probably, you know, just some bad luck experiences she had. But I think it's in every family. And I just, you know, the only way to change it. I mean, you, you can't stop of who you love or who you're interested in. And I hope that your father will come around because maybe, you know, you're his daughter, you're his blood. And he's, I don't think he'll shut you out. I think eventually he'll have to learn to love. And I agree with that. You can't, just because your dad, you're not marrying your dad and you're not going to, you know, your dad's not going to be around forever. So you want to find out who makes you happy. It doesn't matter what color or, or sex they are. I mean, if it's an animal, it's that's uncomfortable. You shouldn't do that, Colleen. I think that's against the law. But you know, everyone, 
you know, there's someone for everybody. And I feel like this is who you like. You stay with who you like. Your parents I, will come around. I, I, I couldn't say that better myself. I think, yeah. I mean, look, nothing, this sounds really cheesy and hokey, but I do believe nothing can, well, yeah, love is love. And like, so if people see that you're happy and someone's good for you, they're going to come around to that. Now, if he ends up being like a shitty boyfriend or a shitty husband, that's a different then thing. you can blame it on because he's black. <laughs> blame it. Yes. Say, right. sorry, dad. Yes. <laughs> you're right, dad. Yeah, you're right. But if not, you're going to have really good looking children. I yeah, think that's it, most important because no one wants an ugly baby. Every single parent who's against a gay marriage, a black and white marriage, whatever, as soon as that grandbaby comes around, they give zero shits right? anymore. They that's just exactly. want to see that grandbaby. I agree. So um, that's the way my parents were at their divorce. They didn't really talk a lot after the divorce. And then my brother moved back into the hometown uh-huh. with his grandkids. They, didn't, they were like best friends again because they just wanted to be around the babies. Really? Could, um, that didn't seem to go like that with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> my mom still could look across a crowded room. And then first she'll turn to anyone who will listen, even if they don't know her and they're a stranger. She's like, oh, look, fuck face is here. <laughs> And it is like 20 years later. That's got to be uncomfortable for you. Yeah, her. fuck face. She, that's what she calls him. She fuck walked face. around my wedding party, yeah, telling people fuck face. Yeah, people so, are like, I met your mom. Um, it was interesting. <laughs> I think she doesn't like your father. And I'm like, oh, that's good. That's funny. And she kept saying, telling everybody he was fuck face. So that was not too embarrassing. Did, is your father okay with your mom? No, they don't talk to each other. My father remarried the woman that he was with. And, she, you know, she's probably a couple years I mean, it's two years older than my oldest sister. It oh. all didn't work out so like the way we all planned. They were married for 30 years. I thought they were inseparable. They met when they were 15. They both went to Erasmus High where Bob Streisand was attending high school with them. Oh, wow. And Neil Diamond, you know, and it just, at some point, I guess it just... Uh, just didn't work it, out. Yeah. How old were you when they got divorced? I was uh, 21. Oh, that and, was about this. Well, I was a little younger, but yeah. Yeah, it's not fun. I mean, people talk about... You know, there's all these articles about when parents get divorced, kids, and how it affects them at a young age. Well, how about when you're older? You actually can know and figure out what happened. And you see them, you see like... You know everything. For the negative, yeah. You don't want to hear like, what? My parents did what? They Who did yeah. what to who? And, my father, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not, it's not good. So it's not. It really... That it, was it harder on me. me. That I was way so harder too. than me on being gay was going through my parents' divorce. Yeah. And my brother was hard. He was around your age. He was 20, 19. Mm-hmm. And so he had just kind of gone to college. Uh-huh. You probably had the same situation uh-huh. too, where you moved all the way out to California. He just went to like UCO in Oklahoma City, but still an hour and a half away. Um, and I remember him really feel like his home was just gone. Because mm-hmm. you already go to college and you feel that anyway. But yeah. then your parents break up and people are moving out of your house and all. It's hard. Yeah. No, it really affected me. I didn't think I would. You know, I try not to take it with me and think that all men, you know, could everything could go south. And I just had to remain optimistic that, you know, hopefully. And I guess, you know, waited a long time to get married. I'd but, rather wait till I'm Yeah, because then you have do. less of the time for the man to get sick of you. Yeah, you have less time to get bored. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, well, I only have like 20 more years on this <laughs> earth. Uh, I hope he can still handle me. That's... That's well, but anyway, Colleen. So <laughs> we went off on our own story, Colleen. So, but yes, anyway, we answered that. So, good luck, Colleen. Um, dear Maddie, this is from Missy. She's got to be where I'm from. 
Mm-hmm. She's got to be from Oklahoma. I knew, I knew three Missies in Oklahoma. Yeah. I don't think I've ever met a Missy again. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have either. So you've got to be an Okie or a Texan. Dear, or a dancer on So You Think You Can Dance. Somehow they're just named Missy. Well, after this question, I don't think it's a dancer because um, she's talking about weight and struggling with that. Oh, okay. So Missy's question is, Dear Maddie, I had a New Year's resolution to not eat sweets. I'm failing. I love them Ugh, so much. I'm not obese, but I do need to lose about 20 pounds. I know I need to cut back, but it seems overwhelming. How do I start? Well, I'm not. I'm not Bob Taylor or whatever and his I'm name is. I'm not Susan Powder. <laughs> Susan is that, Powder. Is that a really old reference? That's, that is a that's wonderful. That's like such an old Isn't reference. Isn't she a lesbian now or bisexual? Oh, she's totally a lesbian. She is like... She is militant. Do you know she used to date Jessica Curson? Who's Jessica Curson? Oh, funny. One of the funniest comics you'll ever see from New York. Really? Yeah. She's... That's only how I know Susan Powder was a lesbian. <clears throat> Susan Powder is intense. Um, sorry, we got up on that. So uh, how? To, so anyway, so she wants help with curbing sweets. Well, I, I don't know. what I just started. You always stay slim. No, no. Really? I just actually started. Uh, dieting myself and working out more and I have to make myself do everything. That's because I have um, not, I have my third wedding and to the same man because I just, I'm like a Kardashian. I just keep getting married, but <laughs> the only difference is it's to the same fucking guy. Why do you, wait, why do you have three different weddings? Well, we got married at the courthouse and then I had a little something for- Here in LA? Yeah, in Beverly Hills. And then we had something for some family and friends to come. Like It wasn't a wedding, but it was more like a little celebration. And then now- um, we're having like a real wedding ceremony in Brazil for his side of the family that wasn't able to come up here. Oh, so and that's in May, which will be around the year anniversary, our first or one year anniversary. So oh. yeah, we just I don't know. I think we're I don't know if we think we're Boba Rockefeller, and then we just keep throwing <laughs> these. I don't know. It's stupid, but um, do you have a different dress for each one? No, for my party thing, it was just a dress. For the courthouse, I wore a, a really pretty wedding dress, but I wore it for like half a minute. So I'm wearing that dress, and then I purchased a veil, which was almost as much as the wedding dress oh, yeah. for Brazil. So, and it's like a Virgin Mary type. Oh, one of those like, like I forgot yeah. what it's called. Where it, yeah, it's really, my... and it t- goes over my whole body, and it's oh. like somebody's a virgin. No, <laughs> and it's more like somebody's a Jew. How did she get here? Because I'm pretty sure I'm the only Jew that all his friends and family have ever met. in Because they're all, town. I'm assuming, really Catholic. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then there's me. And, and his at- parents don't care that you're Jewish? Well, they can't now. You know, <laughs> it happened. It happened. Yeah. Um, we're getting married by a priest, which was crazy because he said, you know, baby, baby, uh, my priest needs uh, documentation. You know, he needs proof that you're Jewish. And I'm like, oh, he needs proof that I'm Jewish? Well, why don't you just send him a picture of my Jew face, right? <laughs> and then he was like, no, he needs documentation. I'm like, oh, he needs documentation? Well, tell your priest last time, my people had to carry documentation. It didn't turn out so well. Now did it? You know, it's just so embarrassing. But it's going to be a lovely, lovely ceremony and great. But um, I, stro- need, I wanted to drop some LBs. Because I look at my pictures from the courthouse. Some and, LBs. I don't know what that is. Pounds. Oh, some L- oh, um, oh, look at Junior. Uh-huh. I know. I'm so current. <laughs> You're and, so current. Uh, so I just, you know, really wanted to. And plus it was like pilot season coming up. And I just wanted to look better. Mm-hmm. And this was motivation. So I cut out carbs and sugars. And I love candy. It's not necessarily like chocolate. But I love like candy. And I love chips. Like Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. Oh, I love candy. <laughs> Just anything that's sugar. So how did you do it? You're the perfect because I, I haven't cut out candy. So listen I just, up, Missy. Well, I got sugar-free candy. Mm-hmm. I got like the sugar-free Werther's, sugar-free um, mints, 
And uh, I just started motivating myself little by little. You know, I just started to cut myself off of these things. Because I feel like we do have it. Like, I always want a little piece of chocolate around between, like, two and four. Yeah. So, it's like, maybe, Missy, you're like, okay, I'm not going to have that today. I'm still going to do the one at 10. Or maybe have, like, those Jello pudding little <laughs> things. There are ways to sit. I mean, you know what I would, I would actually say? Because this is kind of, this is a pretty intense thing to do is to cut stuff off of that. I would just say go on Weight Watchers because you can have sweets. You can have everything. And they teach you. And I've done that before. I've, done I've heard Weight Watchers, Watchers is twice. fantastic. And it is great. And you don't feel like you're starving. And you can count everything you want to do. And I think that's the easiest way to cut, to, to, to do it of I'm, anything I've ever done. You should be a spokesperson for them. It would oh, be great. Well, I've still got the weight enough to do it. So. <laughs> No, oh, you do not. You look great. You look fantastic. Oh, I love you, Maddie. No, it's true. Well, and maybe too, like, so my friend Michael Bellavia, right now, well, I just texted him like uh, about a week ago, and I said, I was looking at the men's health with Sean T with his hot gay abs, and I was like, I need to work out. And so we're doing it. We don't do it together, but he'll text me at like nine in the morning. He's like, okay, I did it. It's really hard. So I have the, I feel like Southern guilt and Jewish guilt can be very similar. Yeah. And so I have this guilt of, oh, he did this. One's I just louder do. than the other. <laughs> That's mm. true. And so maybe Misty, maybe you have a friend that wants to give up something with you and you could kind of co-support. And if not, I mean, that's what Weight Watchers do. You have somebody there. Yeah. The Dear Maddie Show brought to you by Weight Watchers. Yeah. And you can also find like my friend, Jill Michelle. She's another comic, but she's really fit. She's been training me like twice a week. Oh, wow. And she motivates me. When you have someone standing over you, it's also you hire a trainer because you've paid money. You got to go where you Mm -hmm. do. And those people make you do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. All right. then. All right, Missy. Good luck. I love Missy. I would always say it like you're in trouble, Missy. Um. All right. I love this question. This is from Carol, age 33. Dear Maddie, I always hear you should love yourself, but what the hell does that mean? I mean, that's just, that's it. That's oh. a, I, Who's asking this? Carol, 33. She wants to know. I mean, it's a, I could. Is Carol retarded? <laughs> <laughs> Carol. I could use a little bit more information, Carol. I, but... I think it's pretty, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, pretty clear. I mean, you just have to invest in yourself. If you don't love yourself or hate yourself or you don't give time for yourself, then everything around you is yeah. I mean, not probably going to go well and could be meaningless if you don't get enough sleep, if you don't, you know, pamper yourself every now and then. And, and I think to love yourself, I mean, I guess maybe she thinks because people go, oh, I should love my, because it's really close, cliche and it's been overused and stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think it, but as someone who's just a, person interested in people's stories and the therapist like i think it is a lot of that is the basis for a lot right. of people's problems in their life is they whether you want to use the word love myself or they don't like something they're doing or creating in right. their life or if you're like um i mean yeah if you're the self-loathing person which usually makes you a stand-up comedian <laughs> um you know sometimes you've got to see the light and it's just you know that wears on people too yeah yeah so I, I think, think it's just, i think it's just in doesn't mean hugging yourself every morning saying I'm I'm number one and I'm the best. <laughs> you know that's that's for you know uh, the Kardashians to do. Yeah. Or, you know that's 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 not what it means by that. It just means invest in yourself. Yeah. In and, your well being. And you mean that financially because you're Jewish, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hello, money lender. 
Jewish jokes, miser jokes. Yes, it's true. So, you know, and maybe to, 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 by investing yourself, Carol, like it really sounds, uh, it really sounds simple. So I get it, but it is kind of just do things you love. Like I love that book, The Artist Way, because it was the first time I remembered, oh, I really like going to hear concerts yeah. of like classical music. Yeah. And it's something I forgot. It just, and it's not that expensive or mm -hmm. so that is loving yourself, Carol, like doing things you like. Right. So start there. Yeah. Start there. Agree. Carol. Very well said, Natty. Well, you know. All right. Well, it's time for Celebrity Shit the Bed. So this <laughs> Which is... Which I feel like you're calling me out on something I actually did once, like <laughs> a long time ago when I was having sex with a boyfriend. <laughs> Where is probably the, the dumpiest <laughs> show you, though, you've ever had? I do want to... Because you've traveled all over the country. No, the world. You've Okay. I do want to talk about... Before we talk about your crappy show, I do want to talk about... You've entertained the troops quite a bit. Yes, I have That's... more ways than one. <laughs> Someone had to do it for their country. You know, it was really hard for me to meet people in Los Angeles. So I feel like, you know, I had to go I had to go to places like Afghanistan to find somebody. I was like, I'm look guys, I'm your only choice. It's me or nothing. Can be dry as a desert for the next nine months here if you like. I would love to have marine sex. Marine, Navy, or which one's better? <laughs> Um, I would say, well, um, I'd say army. Oh, really? Actually, I don't know. I mean, they all, most of them were, were um, special forces. Oh, oh, they wow. The, you were the picky. Chris Kyles. Oh, wow. You did it. Yeah. You did. What was it like? You know, I, <laughs> I, I screwed <clears throat> murderers. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what, um, uh, how did you fall into that of entertaining troops? Uh, I, I fell into it because, uh, I had a comedian friend, Pete Gray, and I had just broken up with somebody and I was super down and he was like, Hey, do you want to, um, I, there's this booking agency, they're sending comedians overseas to Japan and Korea. And it was right after nine 11, it was right after nine 11. It was right when it happened. Wow. And I went to, and I totally went there thinking that that was going to be such a great thing to do and that they were going to be so appreciative and I couldn't have been more wrong. And that actually is my worst gig ever. Really? I had flown like 17 hours, whatever to Japan. I was exhausted and we performed in what was like, it's not like for the boys. We performed in this uh, bar in the middle of the disco floor in the round and it was you know, people were on fold-out chairs or standing, and they'd all been drinking, and they'd all just gotten paid. They were all, and it was the Navy, the worst. The Navy's oh. the worst. The, oh, really? The most. Yeah. It's just closet, because a lot of them are closet. I'm well, it's one. just, you know, they're stuck on a boat. They come off a boat, <laughs> you know, for three months from being contained in a oh, small yeah. area, and they go, they go crazy, and they drink hard. And it's just unruly. And it's like the couple times I just performed for just the Navy, it was always chaos. It was always just like, I was always like one minute away from being Jodie Foster and the accused. It just was, wow. you know, uncomfortable. Mm. And I walked out there and I was wearing like flag. I was wearing jeans and this little half shirt with flag stuff and heels. And I thought I was being patriotic. And they were like, someone yelled, as soon as I walked on the stage, someone yelled, you, you fucking whore. Oh, wow. And people start <clears throat> yelling out shit. And I was like, hold up, hold up. I haven't even told you what a whore I am yet. So just hold on a second. Let me get to that. <laughs> 
And each they start heckling. And I was like, I'll take you on one by one, but you all can't yell at the same time. And I did. And I continued in about 30 minutes. We had to do 45 minutes each. Oh, my God. And 30 minutes into my set, somebody pelted a cherry at my face. What? They pitched it like a fastball. And I put the mic down. It was a cordless mic. And I had been doing kickboxing. It was probably my most fit time, actually, in my life. And I know why people now get into fistfights. I always used to watch that shit in high school. Uh-huh. But now I know why people hit people. And I, my adrenaline was just, I'd had it. And I, I grabbed the mic. I take, you know, I walk with the cordless mic and I grabbed the chariot. And I was like, who threw this at my face? You know, I stopped my whole act. And they pointed to this huge guy. And I walk over to the guy. I came to like his knees. I'm not kidding. He was huge. And I held the cherry in his face and I was like, did you throw this at my face? Cause this is the size of your balls, small balls. And then the whole room goes small balls. You know, they erupted. You nicknamed someone in the military. It's over. Yeah. And I got in his face and I was literally on my tippy toes and I was like, I will fucking kill you. You throw anything at me again, I will kill you. Nobody stopped it. Nobody helped wow. me. Everybody watched. And then I went back and finished my set. And when the next comic came back out, they literally threw like glass at him. They were terrible. Wow. You know, and as we drove home, the guy was driving his back. like, you guys did great. And I was like, well, what happened to the last comics? They get murdered? <laughs> I never went home and cried. I cried in my little Japanese hotel room that was the size of my fist. Aww. I cried the whole night because I just never felt so disrespected. That was the mm-hmm. world's worst gig ever. Wow. Now, it, it, it made me hesitant to go again to go entertain <laughs> the military. But right after um, the, Ser- the Serbian War and the Bosnian War that we, we were sent out again. And that was a whole different scene because those, that was like for the boys. Everybody was deployed. You had to carry your M16s on you. There's no alcohol around. And these were very attentive audiences that were very happy that we were there. Mm. And when I, I was the first female fem- comedian to go to Afghanistan, that was super crazy. Oh, you were? That's so cool. So oh. we were dropped in places and bases that had not seen any form of entertainment on the border of Pakistan and Afghanistan. And it, that was, I mean, I went a couple times there. It was very rewarding. And I would... Never change that for the world. I would do it over again and again. That's awesome. That's what I love you. You are brassy with heart. Well, you know, so, I mean, I was never going to sign up to fight for the military. So this is the best I could do. You know, I was, I didn't have a significant other. I didn't have children. And at that, that, at that time, it was like, you know, it's the worst. If it's the end of me, then it's, you know, I did have to sign a death and dismemberment form. Oh my gosh. Which was really crazy that I signed twice. Why? Because if you got shot down or something. Yeah, they weren't responsible. Wow. Wow. So. Wow. So Someone's got that signed paper. That, but Yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, we can do celebrity shit to them, but I'm like, what's going <laughs> <what's> to matter <laughs> yeah. after that? Like, who right, gives a shit if, right. like, if, you know. Yeah. That Neil Patrick Harris didn't do a great job at the Oscars or some crap like that. I thought he did a great job. I'm just, just saying that's what people are talking about. Oh, are they? That's so yeah. rude. I mean, he didn't write his own shit. That's the way I looked at it. People are like, oh, he didn't do a good job. And I, and I say, well, he didn't have great writers. I don't know. My friend was one of the writers. She's a great writer. But I feel like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not about what, you know, he's not a spontaneous. I mean, I, I would, I, I don't know. I like to improv. So I, I probably would have taken liberties with myself. But I'm a trained comedian. He's an actor. He's an actor. He's not a comedian. Yeah, I he think wants everyone to love him. So if he takes a shot at someone, I mean, and people have no sense of humor, especially in that fucking room. They're terrible, oh my horrible gosh. people. You know, I'm surprised Beezlebub doesn't come into that room and Morador just swallows them all whole. <laughs> you know, they're all terrible, self-involved people. And in the end, 
this this Hollywood shit doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. You know? No, I agree with Something that. Something could happen to us all the next day. And everyone's mm-hmm. so self-involved and hugging themselves. And I think he did a great job. I mean, Oprah, you know, that, that bitch couldn't even take a joke. She was terrible with her snarl. Like, what did she, know? what, I don't remember the he Oprah joke. He made some joke. joke about her that she had a little, you know, it was like, it was a joke that she was wealthy. And she oh, just, oh, oh, She just scowled and he was like, you know, get it because you're wealthy or you have a lot of money. I mean, that was funny to me because he oh. took a pot shot at that fat bitch. Sit there in all your glory and pretend that you're straight. We get it. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. I'm not her follower. I don't think I've ever I like, really been. I, I just, I don't I like get it. I like the Oprah Winfrey show. I like, I like watching the people on her show talk because that affected me as a little boy. Like watching gay people talk on her yeah. show. So people are like, oh, you, you love Oprah. And I'm like, I love this show. People, and she's done some great things. But I do think she thinks she's I think she's, she thinks she's, she's God, God. And you're not. One, actually, one of my... Um, well, I don't want to out him because he's still working in the business, but one of my previous guests who who works in the business worked with her on something, and he said, quote, she thinks she's fucking God. Yeah, I had says. a friend who paid all this money. You could pay for this whole Oprah weekend. Oh, yeah, I had a meet, friend who went to that. Yeah, and my friend went to that, and he was taking a picture with her, and you know what she said to him? Mm-mm. That's right. Take it all in. Oh, wow. I mean, I've heard that. I mean, <laughs> you really took it all. <laughs> I did. That's the difference. Wow, she really said that. Yeah. Wow, like it, it, like yes, you're next to me. So for for that firsthand, I just whoa. yeah, because there's people that like like I know a lot of people don't like her because they think she's bitchy, but I still love. I do. I really like Rosie O'Donnell a lot, and I like her because I think she's one of those genuine people in a way that's like I don't have to be fucking nice. Mm-hmm. I can say what I want. Yeah. I don't know how she is as a comedian. Yeah, I heard she's a pretty horrible person. Yeah, well. She seems to not ever keep a job, so that tells you about something. I mean, it does tell you about something. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing. Who's not? I have heard, who I've had, I have a friend who's a background singer, and she sang with a lot of singers, and she said that, um, because somebody asked her, which I liked her response, they said, who is the worst person you worked with? She's like, you know what? She's like, instead of talking about the worst people, I'll tell you who the best people are. And she said that the best people she ever worked with were Dolly Parton. Of course. And, Li- and Liza Minnelli. Oh, drunks. Yeah, sure. She when was, you love working with her, you oh my gosh. even know what's happening. I would love to work with her. Yeah. Like I said, Liza Minnelli had the same birthday. I could episode. tell you the worst people I... Oh, that you do? You have the same we birthday? We have the same birthday. That's awesome. Me, James That's Taylor. gay. I love that. And Gordon McRae, oh, who was yeah. Curly in Oklahoma. Yeah. And that was the first musical I ever saw, and I realized ah. I wanted... I mean, it's really gay, a really gay day. Who are, okay, who are the worst people you ever worked with? Spill it. Uh, okay. <clears throat> the worst. This really is celebrity shit the bed. Uh, the worst person I've ever worked with, hands down, was Bill Maher. Oh, wow. He's a terrible, tel- no, terrible No relation, person. y'all. No relation. It's spelled differently. <laughs> right? At terrible person. He looks like Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> He's terrible, terrible. And I opened for him at the improv years and years and years ago. And he berated the improv as he got on stage. They were the kindest crew, too. Um, he's terrible. He just he doesn't like women. Uh, he was the worst person I ever worked with. And um, the worst person, one of the meanest people I ever waited on, uh, uh, Steve Harvey. Terrible. Oh, really? Mean, mean, mean. 
Oh, wow. Snarl, snarl. He's the nicest wife. I don't know why he thinks he's a love expert. Hasn't he been married four times? And he was terrible. I do to notice her. that on the show. He was terrible. Why are you suddenly a fucking love expert? You're a terrible person. Oh, wow. And he was really rude when I did my first film, Free Enterprise. Uh, I had a scene with Eric McCormick. Mm-hmm. And this was right before he got Will and Grace. And he was a terrible. Really? He was terrible. He was terrible on the set. He was a terrible person. I've heard he's pretty he brutal. He did apologize to me at the um, at the cast party. He came up to me and he goes, hey. And he goes, God, you hate me. And I said, well, I don't think about you. And he said, well, I'd really like to tell you I'm sorry. I'm like, okay, noted. But, you know, I would who never is, invest Who is time. the best, though? I have, is there someone that you just absolutely, who just floored you? Uh, the nicest person in the business? That you've worked with. Uh, hands down, the nicest person is Ken Jeong, uh, Dr. Ken, who was in the hung, uh, the hangover movies, the Asian. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Chow. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's on community. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Ken, he, that's his, he was called Dr. Ken. He used to be a stand up comedian and he was a doctor. Still is a doctor, Oh, but he's so busy now working. Um, when I came onto the set of community, he stopped the whole – there were thousands of people because it was a huge party scene. Mm -hmm. And he stopped everybody. He goes, everybody, this is Sean Polofsky. You're going to love her. She's one of the funniest people I know, and she deserves to be here. Like, he stopped, Aww. you know? And that's – I don't talk to him often, but the way he treated everybody, it was so nice. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's well – We'll see. Ooh, we got we got the dish. Got the a tingly feeling inside. A from little that. bit, a little bit. Um, all right, so here we go. Chatty Maddie questions. All right, go ahead. Number five. Here we go. One. What's your most memorable childhood smell? Mm, uh, my mom making uh, breaded veal cutlets. Oh, that, well, that sounds delicious. Yeah, it's my favorite dish still to this day. Like you just remember being a little girl and uh -huh. like. Mm -hmm. oh. She doesn't make it that often because it takes a lot of work and my back hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't stand up. Sean, you have to do it. <laughs> I love that. Uh, okay. Chatty made a question number two. Alcoholic drink you can't drink anymore because you got drunker than Cooter Brown on it. Uh, vodka. Uh, vodka does not mix well with my constitution. You're like the only other person who says that. I mean, in order to keep your gay card, you're supposed to love vodka. Vodka soda. It's terrible. No. Somebody else I was just talking to, I was just, they said that actually they think they have an allergic reaction to I vodka. I die. I black out and almost die. It's terrible. Yeah, it's not. No. It's not. What is your cocktail of choice? Jack Daniels. Oh. Jack and, Jack and Diet Coke. Look at you. Yeah. Love it. Love myself some whiskey. Can do that. And um, a fine glass of champagne. I don't want that shit. <laughs> Give me the cheap stuff. I will punch you in the dick. All right. Uh, and then, Daddy, about a question number three. When are you most inspired? Whether it's humanistically, creatively, whatever. When are you inspired? Uh, I'm most inspired when I'm at a Bette Midler concert. She's my idol. I'm going. Are you, you going? To, are you going to the concert now? I am in Brazil. Oh. Which kills me. And then I looked at all the other tours she was going, and then I tried to get tickets to New York and to sit in a nosebleed. It was $350. And I'm oh my like, God. shame on you. Shame on you, Divine Miss M. I've paid big bucks to see you, but at least I was in Caesar's Palace or somewhere where everyone had a good seat. Their tickets are ridiculous now. I don't know what she's doing. Is, is, is it like, <laughs> did she lose money in the stock market? I don't know. I don't know why she does it like this. I don't know. She I don't. never makes them cheap, though, but it's, it's a really weird, high-priced concert she's doing. Mm. More than usual. 
I think we paid like a hundred something, but it's my first one. Well, I have seen her probably about five times. Oh, cool. Uh, and if you've never been, it, it changes your life because really? you're laughing one second and she's so fast on her feet. So she, people sometimes, especially gay men will yell out shit to her and she's so fast. And then in the next second, there's not a dry eye in the house. Cause you know, she brought down the house with a ballad mm. and, uh, I cry. I cry from beginning to end. The minute I sit down, as a kid, she always inspired me. This is the reason why I got into this business. I wanted to be her. Mm. And uh, and I love what she's also done with the, what she's done for the community, with the community. How she got discovered was within the community at the gay bathhouses. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she's everything to me. She embodies everything I've wanted to be. And she inspires me because she can do it all. She can sing. She can dance. And she can tell jokes and she can be body and she can be sensitive and, and real. And I don't know, she is the truest entertainer I have ever seen. I've seen a lot of people Mm. live, but there is, there is no other Bette Midler. Mm. So that's, that's how I feel. And and I'm crazy about her. Like your room's decorated in Wonder Woman, mine's decorated in Bette Midler shit. And I did have a moment where I met her once and it was terrifying. And I, I think. I think she's she probably has a picture of me like this girl comes near me again. I, I practically <laughs> ate Ben Midler. I was so <laughs> nervous and I like it was, it's a very funny story, but I I loved it and to this day uh, wherever she is, I will pop up like Viet Cong. I love her. That's oh well, I'll think of you then when I go to the concert. Please do send me a picture. I will. It's my first. Jealous. Going with my friend and her mother loves her never and so it's her gift it's a bummer friend. there's some of the songs she can't hit anymore she can't yeah she can't <clears throat> sing like stay with me baby mm-hmm. you'll you won't see that from the rose it's just too hard um, but you'll see well, when you see her Dolores Delago you're just gonna excuse she brings the house down oh, I can't wait I can't wait I can't wait um I think it is cool though to see too like it's like there are certain people like uh I remember once my friend had a ticket to the Hollywood Bowl, and I didn't even remember what it was. But I said, "Sure, I'll go." I just love going to the bowl, and I went. It was the, I, we saw Shaka Khan live, and I went. Shaka Khan. I was like, "Oh, I get it. Like, I get it. Why she's Shaka freaking Khan? Like, yeah. she sounded amazing." And it is the same reason. I don't know if you went to this because every other gay person in LA did. When I did see Liza Minnelli, I was like, "I get it." Like yeah. she was, she was kind of like we just said about like you would be laughing hysterically, and the next moment you're just sobbing. Fine. Yeah. And. You just feel like they're sitting right beside you talking to you. Yeah. And I would imagine that's what Bette is like, too. Like, she just feels like she's yeah, so she's intimate. she's very shy in person. She is not what you see on stage. Mm-mm. Mm. She's a timid, shy... Oh, please. I was like a crazy person with her. But she, she she's going to blow you away. Oh, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Um, if they ever make a Hocus Pocus too, I'm going to shit my Why pants. haven't they? Why haven't they? She wants to do it. She says it to this day, the most fun film she's ever, the most fun she's ever had on a film. Loved it. I love it. I always want to go as Hocus Pocus and drag, but I have no other gay friends that want to go. I, I, have, I had three, three, they're a thruple <laughs> for the audience that doesn't know this. It's gay, gay men. There's a couple and they bring in a third and then they're all uh, together and they live together. And mom, and, I'm not going to do that. I'm not yeah. going to do that, mom. There's fine. People can do it. I'm not going to do it, mom. And, a I can't even keep that I know went to the New Orleans Halloween because I judge the costumes every year, mm-hmm. and they went as that, and it was genius. Hocus mm-hmm. Pocus. Nobody ever wants to be Kathy and Jimmy. Yeah. I love her. I'm like, oh, come on. It's a role. You're right? Not... Whatever. Okay. Uh, so she, She's a very nice person. I've person. heard she's wonderful as very well, nice. actually. Yes. 
Um, all right, chatting medic question number four. You have a choice depending on your 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 prudeness. Uh, you can oh, answer. You assume I'm prude. <laughs> you can answer who is your celebrity crush or weirdest place you had sex. Let's do celebrity crush. All right. Because I already talked about having sex in places, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, you have sex in Afghanistan. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> yeah, I had You're sex good. in Afghanistan. Well, God, it was in like a, it was like in a storage. Oh, I can't even talk about it. All right. Uh, celebrity crush. God. It can be from years ago. A lot of people like to do their well, I first. I have so many. Um, I would have to say, I love Pitbull. I, I love Pitbull. He is cute. I love Pitbull and uh, I love Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill's pretty freaking hot. More than anything. And I love Prince. Prince is my favorite. My old roommate, Karen Cole, is going to love this. I would, I'd would. i like to lay that little man down. And I know I can bench press him. And I'm not a big person. <laughs> I'm about the size of Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> Bilbo Baggins. But I, oh. I just, I love him. And he's just, he, what is he, like 80 now? He is he's like 80. sexy as shit. He's always sexy in his concerts. I can't, I can't even contain myself. People around me, like big straight black men are next to me. They're like, I can't even contain myself. I, I know. I just, that I, song, people can laugh at me and say like, he's such a little guy and this, that. He, it's his he talent. He exudes sex. He does. And that song, Damn You, is maybe one of the sexiest songs I've ever heard it's in my life. It's all sexy. It's all. He could say the alphabet and it's sexy. Yeah, I'd be like, let's do this. He could even read my Haftorah from my bar mitzvah and it'd be sexy. <laughs> Now, okay, we're going to take a sidetrack a little bit because you reminded me. I forgot because I haven't seen your stand-up in a while. How did you? Me dis- neither. <laughs> I try to avoid it. How did you discover that you can do the do the Gollum voice? How did you discover that? Uh, I was watching the very first Lord of the Rings, uh-huh. and when they brought on Schmeagol and Gollum, I just I like I'm very attracted to weird voices and impersonating mm-hmm. not your typical thing, not your typical voices. Uh, and uh, when something is a weird sounding voice, mm-hmm. I tend to, um, I, I I tend to try and take that voice on. Mm-hmm. Very like I'm just always attracted to that type of voice. So I was in the literally in the theater, and as he was just like my my push, my push, my push, you know, and and I was I was mimicking him because I wanted to get it down, and my friends were like, "You're freaking us out." <laughs> And like later that night, I went out. I went outside. I hung outside my. I was trying to perfect it. And I was hanging outside my roommate's door at the, at night, and I was like, "Lol," and she was like, "Get out of here!" <laughs> and I was like, "You have no friends," <laughs> you know. And I was like, <laughs> it. I just kept doing it outside her room. It, it freaks me out. Listen, because on the mic, it's like amplified in my yeah. ears, and it literally sounds like. Something's going to come and kill me. Master is so not. I know. I just did it's everything. so good. She's like, go away from my door. You're freaking me out. That's, that's amazing. That's such I yeah, don't have I'm that a, skill. I'm a, I'm a weird, like like the voice from um, Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. I was always, a tr- as soon as that guy hit the screen, you know, and he's looking in the mirror oh, yeah. with the lipstick and he's like, fuck me. Hard fuck me. <laughs> and it sounds like some alter, but it, the guy was doing a, it's his voice. You know, 
Oh, that's you know, creepy. She's a great big fat person. You know, <laughs> it's weird. So weird. But he asked me to do anything high. Forget about it. My, my balls are like so low. It's, it's so low. Do you do voiceover stuff? You should. Yeah. Yeah, I try. I don't really get anything. I've only gotten one voiceover, but I did. I remember when my uh, voiceover agents, I happened to be in the agent's office that day filling out some paperwork. And one of the voiceover recorder guys came in and he goes, come on in, blah, blah. Can you do? And he goes, oh, wait, can you do a Gollum or a Schmeagle? And the guy was like, no. And then I was sitting across the room and I go, I can. And he goes, yeah, right, Sean. And I said, no, I can and they brought me in, and he's like, oh, my God, who would have thought you were going to be our front runner? And I was up for a video game, and I was up for it, but I didn't get it. Someone you didn't else, get it? Someone no, else did it better? Someone else was better. Yeah. Wow. I want to hit that person. Uh, me too. I was like, it's not Andy Circus, right? They're like, no. Because then you'd be like, okay. Yeah. Ooh, I want to – you should have, like, dueling golems. All right. Um, well, last chatty matty question. What makes your heart happy? Um, I know it's cheesy to me. Um, my husband, you my, totally my, turned my new... into like a thirteen-year-old girl. Like you, like turned in love. You know, I didn't. Use, I, there's so many things that could have said making other people happy makes me happy. Um, I guess that's why I got into this business to please others. But uh, right now, it's like my life changed a little bit. And I just newly got married and. Didn't think I ever was. I was the eternal Bridget Jones spinster. Uh, and to know that I I have someone and uh, and he loves me unconditionally, hopefully, and doesn't hurt that he's Latin. Hello. Hola, he is, papi. And he that, is cute. Thank you. Well, there's no ugly Brazilians. You know there's that, not, right? That's true. Like, you know, I used to say, um, I say sometimes I go, oh, you know, Brazilians are they're, they're chosen people. They're good looking. I mean, they're so good looking, even like Christ stands over them, you know, and you think he's blessing them, but really he's just showing you how big their dicks are. <laughs> That's only for gay men because they're the only ones, you know, and I, I was, I Because we travel. Well, because it's so funny because gay men were the ones who, who convinced me to like Latin men. I used to just be like, is he Jewish or is he white? I never really looked at diverse I never was really into diversity. Well, we're from Oklahoma. Right. And it's- then as time went by and the more gay men I knew, they're like, girl, you got to find a Latin man. Those are the, the Brazilians. Forget about it. And that they were right. Then this man has just stolen my heart. And, mm. um, you know, it's just good that I, he, he just makes me feel whole. Cool. And sometimes when everything seems to be so frustrating and as frustrating as this business can be. You know, I can just be centered to know that, like, I have this person with me. So if the earth opens up tomorrow, which is a possibility here in Southern California, um, at least I'm not going to die alone. <laughs> I mean, I'll not die very attractive. Let's just oh, say you're I'm beautiful. sure they'll go, well, I won't have makeup on. They're going to be like, <laughs> oh, you move her. She's not my type. You know, it's going to not be pretty, but whatever. That's well, that's very, very sweet. Well, thank you for doing the show. I re- really, really greatly appreciate it. Um Tell everybody where they can. Oh, um, thank you, Maddie, um, for having me. No, you're just it was a light. Great. And it's not just because you're a fellow Oki. And you make me bring it. My accent comes out when I'm talking to you. I did you hear it. it? Yeah, I did hear I mean, it. Usually everyone's like, what part of New York are you from? Because my parents are from New York. And I'll be like, Oklahoma City. But <laughs> it's like, I'll stay here with you by the end of this. We're dipping our pizza into ranch sauce. Uh, oh, I love ranch. Cheeseritos <laughs> at Taco Bell. Oh, ta- Taco Bueno, too. I remember oh, yes. Oh. oh, my sister loved my sister and my brother were dying at you 
at the at the when we had the uh, Why did, tornado. Okay. Back. I'm going to tell what people yeah. do because hardly anybody else. We were just talking. No one else did anything in LA. I remember as in Oklahoma when the last huge tornado hit yeah. more. And it was devastating. I, there was all these benefits and things I felt like going on, and nothing was happening in Los Angeles. Because and, nobody cared. And you they call me. They just care about themselves. Exactly. And you call me, and you're like, I want to put it together an Oklahoma benefit. And so I think almost every comic was some way connected to Oklahoma. Everybody was, yeah. And it was, we raised money, and it was, it was a wonderful, like, it was very healing for me, because I couldn't, I'm sure it was for you, because we couldn't be there. Right. So it was, it was wonderful. It was yeah. So I'm so glad that you... No, I was that. glad you were so. But Taco funny. Bueno went over well. Oh my gosh! And there were people from Oklahoma who found our benefit online. Yeah, that was really great because I was like, "Did do you know them? Do you know them?" We're like, "No." It it. But yeah, you, all your personal jokes about Oklahoma. It just it brought me back. Mm, well, you know, you know, where can you find a good Brahms? Oh, I love Brahms. Oh man, I used to have their hamburgers every day. Oh, the best freaking Taco Oscar. Bueno. Gosh. Uh, Taco freaking Bueno. Oh, oh yeah. Never now I'm hungry. Be, now I'm never going to be skinny in that state. Um, well, tell everybody where they can find you. And if you want them to tweet you, twat your Facebook, Insta, whatever you do. You can find me lurking at Latin conventions. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me. Uh, my website's hahachick.com. It's oh, pretty easy. H-A-H-A-C-H-I-C-K. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Sean Polofsky. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sean Polofsky. P-E-L-O-F-S-K-Y, and it's S-H-A-W-N. I mean, whatever. You can find another something that sounds like Sean Pulaski. Google. You'll find me. There's <laughs> not one more. And uh, I perform regularly at the world-famous Comedy Store and travel around. And uh, I have a uh, webisode, a sh- new show called Stop It. <laughs> uh, so you can find that on YouTube. And uh, hopefully you'll be available when uh, my book comes out, when I'm just hoping to try and get it published right now. And oh, really? And getting some editing touches on it. And it's called The Death of Dating. So hopefully oh. when that comes around, wow, people Ooh. will check it out. Oh, I'm assuming it's about dating or is it like about your yeah, life? Or? It's a tell-all uh, memoir that I had actually finished uh, in July. Right before I met my husband, a couple months, and it's it's a tell-all of um, all the people I dated, and um, of course everyone has a nickname, and how technology has changed the face of dating. Uh, and you know, people search for the one and how people are always kind of looking over their shoulder for the next best thing. And it's a digital age and mm. I don't know if it's, I think it's getting worse. So think, yeah, it, it just I definitely was, don't care for it. Yeah. And it's, so this is my personal search and it actually, the book has a happy ending, but when I had finished it, I mean, I ended it optimistically cause I believe there's someone for everybody, but I really feel like maybe the book did. Just write a book, Maddie. You'll find the one about <laughs> everyone find, you've been with. I finally find, yes, the one. Yes. Well, we'll we're working on it. We'll see, baby. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll know. I look for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm good. Because I'm, I'm like you. I, I don't. I don't date white guys. Yeah. I've tried. I will. I. I mean. Oh, really? So you don't touch them at all? I, yeah. I mean, I honestly, a lot of people are like, "Oh, you're only into black guys." Honestly. If someone just is fucking nice to me, I'm going to go out on a date with you because so many people aren't, won't be nice. I have a guy for you. If they're nice and if they laugh at my jokes and they get my humor then and they make me laugh, then I'm like already halfway there. Right. And then like if they're, I just, you know, if they're encouraging, I mean, I'm not even like, I'm usually into more quote unquote masculine looking guys usually because, yeah. you know, I'm... <laughs> 
I haven't topped anything, maybe like a snow cone when I was five. <laughs> and that's about it. That doesn't make sense. No. But uh, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I don't know. I just, okay. uh, we'll see. Noted. Noted. I got you. Well, thank you for doing this. Thank I love you. Thank you for you. having me. Likewise. Love you, you too, Maddie. And um, so that's it, everybody. So go to uh, DearMaddieShow.com. You can do all Facebook, Instagram. They're coming to get us. They are. They're saying, you, you bitches need to be done. <laughs> um, you can go to everything, social media, hashtag um, the Matt Mark. And um, Sugar has asked me some questions because I always need you to send me. I need you to send me your crazy so we can figure it out. I don't know why. I'll, I I'll have my mom contact you. Please. Please do. But uh, all right, try to do something for somebody this week, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.